0: hello welcome back to the movie club i'm your co-host mike and with us is
1: no you're you're the main host no (laughs)
0: we're both co-hosts bro my other co-host eric oh hello there because i i guess we're going down the ship together (laughs) um last time on the movie club we watched uh what what's it i already forgot uh, searching, searching. Oh, oh yeah, searching, searching. I saw that. We watched searching, got John Cho in it. It's pretty good. I think it was pretty good. This, this, uh, episode, we're gonna watch Prisoners, the 2013 Ooh. film directed by David De- Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, he's just Dennis. He was, um, <laughs> He was a director of Arrival in twenty sixteen and Sicario in twenty fifteen. So
1: It was Sicario.
0: Yeah. Ooh I guess Arrival. He's got a, yeah, Arrival, which I also have never seen. But I know Arrival is supposed to be also serious. He's he's I guess very niche into the serious movie genre. I guess mm-hmm. mystery. I don't know if Sicario is a, a mystery or not. It's an um, action movie. Oh, it's action? Nice. Um And I'm just reading on the IMDb. So this is the movie that Eric picked out and he has seen and I have not seen. So the IMDb just states, um, when Father Keller Dover's uh, daughter and her friend goes missing, he takes matter into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. Simple, one sentence synopsis. Um, Good enough for me. I haven't watched the trailer because I know you said it could be revealing. I'm not too sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that the runtime is a whopping two and a half hours long. Yeah. It's a long boy. So there must be something there that has gotten you to recommend this or chosen this movie for the (laughs) podcast. So I'm very intrigued, I guess is, is the word I'm trying to find. Um, I guess I'll give my thoughts on what I think might happen and then you can probably give your thoughts on maybe without spoiling anything like why you think this movie is good in your own terms like in very vague broad strokes (laughs) like why you think (laughs) why you think it's good and why you chose it Um, so I am gonna try to say what's my prediction I don't know (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what my prediction is. They don't find them. They're just dead. Oh my God, they're taking prisoners. And they're <laughs> prisoners of death. Um, I think... So the detective guy, I know for sure, is Jake Gyllenhaal, right? That's the mm-hmm. detective Yeah, that director. is correct. And the dad is uh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. And so, I think, I think there's going to be a bunch of mind game shit with Jake Gyllenhaal trying to pursue, well, it's going to be a detective movie, I think, um, to its core. So, probably a lot of, like, what the synopsis says, a lot of leads, a lot of um, trails, maybe some red herrings, and it seems to me that the father might solve it on his own, like, Going up against a sort of, um, in comparison to a veteran detective, I'm kind of guessing that the dad finds it and he figures it out and he doesn't like what he sees. Uh, they're dead. I don't know. Maybe. Or prisoners of, I don't know. Why, why do girls get kidnapped for some reason? What do they get to prisoners for? I don't want to say, but... Uh, that's a possibility. So that's what I think will happen. I don't know how the runtime will go. It really has to draw me deep in. So I think I think you mentioned in passing a very long time ago, you said it was a slow burn. I don't know if that still holds true.
1: I would say for those two and a half hours, you're you're pretty heavily invested in the movie. Oh, okay. So you if you need to take a break in the middle or find like a spot to like hey I need to go, you know, water use the bathroom and stuff, do it. Because it is two and a half hours long. It's a really long movie. Comparison to um searching which was what, an hour and a half? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a <laughs> long. So yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that um it, the stakes just get higher and higher and you get more questions than answers. Like, throughout, like, the halfway point, you're just, like, what's going to happen now? And it's, like, it's a lot of twists and turns. And it being an abduction movie and a mystery movie, thriller, it's right up your alley. Mm -hmm. It's right up our alley because Mm -hmm. we just just hold any type of thriller, mystery movie to such high esteems. So I think you'll, you'll like it. I've only seen it once. But I know, I think that was back in like 2014. So it's been a while. But yeah, I'm excited to rewatch it. And I hope I enjoy it as much as I did the first time. And I hope you enjoy it.
0: Me and yes. the listeners. And, and like, the you, listeners. You too. Right now is your chance before we, I guess, transition <laughs> over. <laughs> before we transition on over to our uh post- post-analysis and trying to do this whole thing i'm also gonna we're also gonna try to not do a synopsis this time around just because we're gonna assume you've already you the listener are have already watched it just because i think last time it was kind of a it was kind of a drag in my opinion and also i plagiarized a lot so (laughs) (laughs) I, i i don't feel like doing it again i don't feel like talking for five minutes so without further ado i think we're just gonna go and we'll see you back in a few seconds. Bye bye. All right. So we're back from watching the movie. Right now it's June second, twenty twenty one. And um yeah. I don't Ooh. I'm okay. It's, it's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. Okay, well, let's do our little, like, analysis and everything. But first, we'll do, like, spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Prisoners, the 2013 movie, go watch it or um, don't, I guess. I can't stop you. But the next movie that we're going to be watching will be Perfect Blue. Um, I don't remember the year it was made. I know it was made by Satoshi, 1999. Satoshi Kon. 1999, so it's an oldie. Um, And this is a movie that I've watched that Eric hasn't watched. So mm-hmm. that's our next episode um, for the movie club. And this is last chance to leave before we dive deep into prisoners. But with that all the way, I think I'll go ahead with my initial impressions of the movie and that it was pretty good, not just for like a mystery movie, but I think as like a, like just as a movie in general, I think it was pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed the suspense and the thriller aspect of the investigation. And, um, Oh, also, I don't know if I explained it, uh, previously in the previous recording, but we won't be going into like a synopsis. Just, we're just going to assume that you've seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I really, it was stressful. This this is one of those stressful movies. You know how, um, Whiplash, like Whiplash, or uh, for me Wolf of Wall Street, like one of those stressful uh. movies. But I would watch this one again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just for not the like fact no that, Whiplash. No, I uh, I would watch it again, but with other people. I wouldn't watch it by myself. Whiplash was uh, Heavy. a taxing experience on my uh, on my emotions. Um, I. I have I have notes. <laughs> let me say, Let me check. Um, I guess off of first impressions, and then we'll go into your first impressions too. Is that I really liked all the actors in the movie. I think uh, Jake Gyllenhaal kills it, like in every movie he's in. Hugh Jackman, like you can you could see his age in this movie, just like the the searching guy. Uh, what's his name? John Cho. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can really see their emotion. Because this is like the second movie that we've watched that's also an abduction movie. And it's just, um, he felt like an anti-hero, I would say. Is that a reasonable deduction? Uh, it's just gone off the deep end.
1: I don't know about anti-hero.
0: The morality is a little bit questionable, for sure.
1: It's very questionable.
0: Right, but what are your first impressions of it?
1: So, I'll pass it on to you. Uh, freaking Keller, uh, he Jackman mm-hmm. deserved an Oscar from this movie. He was so freaking good. My favorite scene was probably like when he's talking to um Loki and he's like, Every day my daughter is out there and she's wondering why I'm not there to save her, not you, and then he just like. He's a little, he, oh my god, he, it was just a really good performance <laughs> on his end. The movie as a whole is just, it, it's hard to look away. And there are certain scenes where it's just like, you kind of really want to, but it's so traumatizing. Like when they took off his mask and you just see his face all like ballooned and bloodied, and you can't even oh. see his eyeballs of, um, I forgot his name.
0: Alex. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. I have that down.
1: It was just so. It, it was just too much at times, but you just can't look away. This we. This is my second time watching it. And a lot of things stood out more, like theme wise. And I also got to appreciate the performance of these actors a lot more. But yeah. <laughs> overall, I really like this movie.
0: Yeah, I think um another scene that I really liked was the um the hammer scene when he's uh you you know when they're in the bathroom and mm-hmm. he's holding Alex up and then he brings out the hammer and then he just wails wails on the snake, like, Where is my daughter? Yeah. Where is she? And it it tells a lot in that scene, right? Like he doesn't want to do this. Like he doesn't want to actually hurt mm-hmm. him, even though he's already gone off the deep end. Yeah. He's still he's still trying to keep his like his former self of like, you know, how he's very religious and he like a devout Christian man, but then he's gone off the deep end, and he even asks God to forgive him of all the sins that he's committed by torturing this young boy. And it's weird, you don't you never see him go like all the way, like like, like parts of his character is still there. I guess when he's torturing like why are you making me do this man you know when he's talking to him I think the morality of how far that he would go for someone he loves I I don't know if I would personally do that maybe I'm just not as well okay like if it's somebody that you deeply care about like your daughter like you would take matters into your own hands but then would you then neglect like your mother that or not your mother your wife that's um, traumatized. Traumatized in a very deep depression. The son is kind of not handling it all. And you kind of revert back to your, like, because I know, I think he said that he reverted back to his drinking ways. Cause I remember he said, Oh, I haven't had a drink in nine years mm-hmm. uh, since this whole thing happened. Like, this, this event really, like, I guess just this event and just in the investigation, it's like what you said. It's a, it's a, it's a movie that you want to look away from, but you can't. And I've noticed that the runtime, even though it was two and a half hours, it did not feel like two and a half hours. Weirdly enough, when we were at like the hour and a half mark, I was like, "There's only an hour left." It's like, dang, <laughs> like there's still so much more. I feel like there's still like left over. But I think the whole religious thing, how he's a carpenter, you know, oh, it's a symbolism of Jesus. I, I, I. Feel like that was picked up for me uh, one of the themes is faith versus um, what the detective Loki is right like going along with the rules of things mm-hmm. um, so you have Keller who's instinctively people are always telling him oh what if you're wrong what is this that that he's like no I heard him like oh you have to believe me sort of thing so in that sense he kind of embodies that faith or people to trust him um and then going along with how loki reacts to the entire situation the detective he does things kind of um like straight to manner by the book by the book oh we can't take in the suspect if you only heard him was there anybody else around when mm-hmm. uh what's it when alex said at that police station he's like oh they didn't cry when i left him, and mm-hmm. loki you know y- you know loki doesn't know if Dover he's is just the trigger, off his right? rocks. Yeah, it's like, well, I can't put all my my job on the line because of your like because of faith. I have to have actual evidence. And even when he's telling Dover, it's so infuriating too because I know he's a police officer or a detective. It's like, sir, I know, I know you're upset right now. We're doing everything we can. And I, I feel like at times when Dover is talking to him, it's just a brick wall, and he keeps mm-hmm. repeating the same things. Sir, I understand. <laughs> Fuck, that's so relatable. It's like, ah, what can you do?
1: What's it called? On the topic of religious notes that I saw, um, what's it called? Um, In the opening shot, of course, during the hunting scene, you hear him reciting a prayer, the Our Father prayer. So you're like, oh, okay, this guy's, boom, religious. Second shot, when they're on their way home and he's driving, there's a cross hanging off of the windshield. And also, at the trick of the bed, on the, like, right above, like, the Ford badge, it has the What Would Jesus Do? Like, little insignia. And then, on top of that, on their way to the freaking, um... to the Thanksgiving dinner, again, Mm. you see the family leaving their house through the perspective of the windshield, and right in front of it, you see the cross again. Mm. And it was really interesting, because, you know, when, um... When he's on his, when he picks up his friend and they go to his old father's house, you see that same cross. And so far, we've only seen it like in place. If it wobbles a little bit, it's it's unshaken. His faith is unshaken until that drive to that house, and then you just see it swinging left and right, left and right. So he's like, it's he's just taking it into his own hands, and his faith is. basically gone and he's just trying to do whatever he can as a human being. And mm, I thought that I noticed that too. Yeah, it was so interesting. And then it's I really don't, shot. I don't think we hear him pray after that until at like the end mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. To the very end where he's down in the little hole and you just hear him like our father and he starts praying and stuff. And that was really cool.
0: hmm. Um I, I don't think, know if you, yeah. oh oh no, i'm no, gonna say going.
1: do you remember the name of the wife's the wife's name
0: grace i mm-hmm. think it was grace
1: grace and do you remember it was so small but his mother's name is actually mary
0: oh, oh. okay
1: uh, religious notes oh. right
0: yeah i caught that i was like oh that that's so cool that's real interesting he does a lot of playing around with the names. I think I I, I don't know if the name Loki is supposed to reference like um, the god like Thor and Loki because how Loki's a trickster. But I don't really feel like the detective was so much of a trickster here, unless they just chose a random name. But I don't think that's that's the case because you know how um what's it when the other family lost their uh, daughter as well um that. Her daughter's name, well, his daughter's name was Anna, but their daughter's name was Joy because both of them got kidnapped. And you know how the mother is kind of breaking down. She's she's in a deep depression because she lost her joy. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love, I love the, uh, I also love the environmental storytelling as well. So when you see their house, when Dover is coming over, you can, or when he's calling them, you see their dishes just stacked oh, yeah. up high in the kitchen. You can tell. And she's microwaving something. She's not even cooking. She's just microwaving probably a lead cuisine or some shit. I don't know. Um, but I thought that was pretty. I think the director does a really good job of planning those little symbolisms as well as telling the story when it's not necessarily the main focus. What do you think about the maze? I was looking up like a video about the symbolism of the maze and what it told me was that what the guy was talking about was that there was a lot of physical maze, like how the detective was going through sort of a physical maze to try to solve the investigation, as well as this mental maze that um, Keller is going through uh, to make sure that he gets, he tries to get this confession out of the kid and making sure that he's maneuvering around like his family life and then how that ties in with the killer and their obsessions with mazes as well like how they uh, had the maze on their necklace I don't know if you caught that in in the movie when um when they went when Loki went to the priest's house and mm-hmm. he finds the guy uh, and then underneath. that's his uh, necklace. and then that was his necklace mm-hmm. when I saw that the first time I saw the maze necklace and I was like what is that all about and then when I saw it again in the movie I was like okay it, it's starting to connect a little bit together i feel like it's it's great if you're paying attention because then you can you can see how it kind of connects i like detective Mm -hmm. movies like that where they don't i don't know they don't leave you in the dark or they don't withhold clues from you so that you can't solve the mystery your own Mm -hmm. on your own but i really like that little touch i i was also like kind of questioning what the killer's main motive was so it was the lady right the old lady yeah and um, was it the, something like her her um her son died due to cancer or something? Or she lost him as well?
1: She lost her son. And then they blamed a couple. Um, I believe they blamed God for mm. taking it away so soon. So they quote mm. unquote started a war, a war with God. against God by mm. taking his children mm-hmm. and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that to be, like, chilling when she said I was like, oh, wow, a war with God. Very cold, like Like, yeah, exactly. Even when she made him drink that drink, I don't know what that did. I guess made him more persuadable.
1: Mm -hmm. What's it called? On the topic of mazes, I was going to say how it's basically two different approaches to how you handle a maze. One is you just go by brute force and you just, like, try to get to the center, kind of how Keller did. He was like, mm-hmm. Okay, it has to be him. I had to find a way to prove it. So kinda like how you do me is just like you just start, you just mm-hmm. but Loki took it a more like step by step approach. So he throughout the movie he got like a lot of like small clues that helped him see the bigger picture. Like um when he followed Keller to the abandoned house, mm-hmm. he didn't know that Alex was in there. So when Keller went missing at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, he's probably at the abandoned house being a fucking idiot or something, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, OK, I'm going to go over there. And then it turns out, you know, that's where Alex is, where he chases a man in the vigil. He finds out that um, that basically reroutes him to finding the, um, the sock that was right outside the house. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, this is interesting. So maybe the girls aren't dead. And then he, um, the last one is obviously when he tracks those sex offenders and he goes door to door, where were you at, where were you at, where were you at? And then he gets to the church. And then that's when he sees the guy in the basement with the medallion around his neck. So he gets all these pieces together and he puts them all at the very end where he's like, wait a minute. I've seen that necklace before. Like, there's something fishing going on. And that's when he pulls out his gun because he's like, hold on, something is off. So when he was talking to um Keller, and he's showing him all these pictures, and Keller was like, you wasted your time. You did this. You let this happen. And at first, I was like, uh, it, it's been a while since I was like, fuck, what is, what is he really doing? And then, like, let's actually think about it. He's actually got all these clues that, he, quote, unquote, he hasn't been wasting his time. His
0: actual detective work has been pretty, uh, pretty good. I was gonna say as well. Is it really? When I was when I was watching that scene, I had a question came into my mind that was that was saying, "Is it really the police? Like they are doing everything they can, like what you said, and they are gathering as much evidence as it possibly can. Their job is to just make sure that they find." So I guess it is their responsibility, but it just felt a little unfair for Keller to say that, like, this is your fault. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're spending too much time on me. The Bitch, I gotta, you're, you're kind of a suspect. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't
1: waste, quote unquote, waste his time following him to that old abandoned house, he wouldn't have gotten there to find Alex that would in turn lead him back to the mother's house, which in turn was where the daughter and he was at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: It all connects. It all connects. Like, the maze. Like, when he was talking about in the maze, he was like, this maze, it connects. So, it kind of tells a lot when they both kind of arrived in the same scenario. However, you see Keller is underneath the hole six feet under versus, mm-hmm. <laughs> versus the way Loki does it. So, who can say? I'm saying that Loki is the maze runner. The- <laughs> um... <laughs> So I wanted to tell you before we watched this movie that I wasn't sure if I've seen this a particular scene before, mm-hmm. but we gotta talk about the scene with Bob in in the interrogation room where he shoots himself. I, I watched it before, but I didn't have any other context. It was just a random YouTube video because I think I was watching a compilation of Jake Hall's perfect acting, because he's amazing. Uh, but that was one of the scenes, and I was when I saw it again. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> context. I get it now." Um. So I know that Alex was. I guess he was one of the lost kids that she kidnapped and kind of mm-hmm. took, uh, for her own. She uh, was.
1: He was the first one.
0: Yeah, he was the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, I think he was the lost child of the other lady. Who said that? Oh, who's watching who watches the tape every day, every morning is like, oh, I still miss him, like, every day. I watched mm-hmm. this for the past 20 years of my life in the morning. I'm like, damn, that's, it's hella depressing. Mm-hmm. But then who's Bob? Is Bob also um, like... So Bob Taylor was just a, um, another
1: victim in the whole kidnapping spree.
0: Mm.
1: And... His character is kind of interesting. But it's hard to like know what his purpose is. Because his purpose is actually to be like a red herring. Right. Like, just, yeah. just to distract you from the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. But, like um he's so infatuated and traumatized by um everything that happened to him. But like the father, you know you know how she mentions uh the husband was afraid of snakes so that's why he kept snakes um Mm -hmm. he was reading the invisible man so he would take all the clothes and he would pretend that he was actually killing people and um what else Uh, and again he was also infatuated with the maze because you know they said that i were like if you can solve all these mazes you can leave so he's still like in that situation where he it's just hard for him to get out of it because it at just impossible for him.
0: Hmm. I know I'm kind of just like going around <laughs> scenes right now because there's a like a, a lot of thoughts are kind of non-linear to me, and I like talking about stuff that. Mm-hmm. Well, also I wrote it all down like very <laughs> mumble jumbles. <laughs> so, uh, there was a scene particularly where I was really confused at first until I I read it and I kind of got it. So when they were at the hospital and they found Joy, and then she said. Oh, you were there, uh, at the house. So, I think, from what I read, that was supposed to infer that, uh, Keller was at the killer's house, meaning that oh, I need to go to, uh, what's her name, Nancy Jones or something, the the grandma. I need to go to her house and confront her and, like, get my daughter back. But what I took from it was that I thought it was gonna be an M Night Shyamalan sort of twist where. <laughs> Where the dad kidnapped <laughs> Miss Well, it's like you were there. Ah, you tied me, you taped me up, and because he ran away from the hotel and he ran in a sprint, and I was like, "What the fuck?" You just you just dipped, and I thought the next scene after that, when he was at the woman's house, was a flashback. <laughs> so oh my god! To- <laughs> so I thought it was like really, like convoluted directing or something, because he says, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry about um." I just wanted to make up for yelling at you at the at the uh, prisoner or at the at the police station. So I yeah. thought it was, oh, it's the flashback. But then I was like, no, 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 we're in present time. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like that part for me, I don't know if you weren't confused by that, but I was. Certainly. The first,
1: the very first time I didn't. Yeah. Well, obviously, I know who who's that follow. But I remember the very first time. It's hard to. Um. Made the connection because yeah. I don't even now I don't remember hearing his voice, without her flashback, right. So, but then again, at when she says you were there, and then you see like the grandmother or the old lady there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like where else has he been where yeah. she's there too? Is that like, there's only one place?
0: Mm-hmm. I think another thing I wanted to talk about specifically was going back to the beginning when they killed that deer and then i think it was like the 13 reasons why kid and then the <laughs> daughter <laughs> and they were talking about um killing the deer like oh do you really like killing deer it's like uh, my dad's like oh yeah i mean it's it's just part of life and she said but that deer had like a life and everything he's like well I don't remember what the conversation was, but I think it was something similar to ends justify the means, which I thought was foreshadowing into what was going to happen in the movie. And I think I got that foreshadowing correct when he was torturing the kid. And this is sort of like I had to do this to justify the means. Mm. Um, Do you agree with that Um, with my (laughs) with my analysis or am I just talking on my ass? I, I
1: can't remember what he was... They were talking about. Mm-hmm. I just
0: remember them saying something
1: along the lines of... It's for the deer population. Because if you don't do it... Um, right, yeah. It's just going to be an overflow or an abundance of uh, deer running around. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I I understand where... Keller had a like... He already started something. If he doesn't yeah. find... His daughter then it all would have been for nothing. Mm -hmm. So I understand the whole process of like needing to do something to justify doing that action, I guess.
0: And Yeah, ends justifying the means, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And then I wanted to touch on the actual title itself, right? Prisoners. Mm -hmm. So I thought initially the prisoners were the daughters because they're being held prisoner but then i realized that 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 title can really extend to almost everybody everybody in the movie, right so mm-hmm. obviously the dad being um the dad and alex alex being a prisoner of the dad and the dad being a prisoner of About alex realistically yeah basically yeah, yeah if realistically... I would say that they're both prisoners of each other like oh, I, I am trapped because I can't get the answer out of you versus Alex, who is physically trapped. But, you mm-hmm. know, mentally, he's got uh, Keller in a chokehold. The mother, who is in her own depression uh, sort of prison. And Bob Taylor. Bob Taylor. Prisoner uh, instrument nervous uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. Can't escape it. And Loki. I mean, you can say his prison maybe I don't know I, I don't know if I would make a case actually that Loki isn't a prisoner of anything Yeah, because he doesn't seem to he might have his trauma as well I, I, I know very briefly he touched upon when he was confronting the uh, the priest when he's looking in the basement mm-hmm. uh, uh, he used to grow up in like a group for Old. young boys or something and I think he implied that the priest used to molest them Mm-hmm. Or some something that he he said something like it was so um, fast. It was it was kind of like a dash, mm-hmm. but it kind of gives us only that little bit of insight to who Loki really was, um, and we don't really have any else on him besides all the jewelry and the tattoos that he has on himself. With kind of a unorthodox detective, mm-hmm. and I mean he's from the from when the mom was talking to him, he's solved every case he has. If anything, I would make the case that he's, I guess, trapped in his pressure to deliver, uh, make sure that he's solved every case. But that's really about it. I can't really see anything else. He seems to have, at least from the outside, it seems that he's sort of overcome his trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to help others kind of be released from that specific trauma as well. Like, or, Released from their whatever. Depression. Fucking whatever. Their hell. <laughs> their hell. Their prison. I think that's all I have written down. Oh, yeah. At the very end, that how Dover was going to be a prisoner no matter what. So if he stays down there in that hole, he would never be found. And he would be like literally like f- physically a prisoner. But mm-hmm. if they ever found him, the detective said, oh, we're going to jail him up. Either way, either way, the dad is a prisoner no matter what. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think his actions did help Loki eventually find the daughter. So he helped his daughter in some way, just not in the way that would benefit him, essentially. If there's I don't know if there's anything else to talk about. I think it was a great movie.
1: Dude, the ending where um he finds the daughter, and they're rushing to the hospital. where Your hands are getting sweaty.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> way sweaty when they were driving. Yeah, and he was just like uh he was uh his bullet graze right, yeah, right his above head. his eyebrow. Oh it was just, and he kept going like
1: this, I and know he just kept like wiping the blood off his eyebrows
0: Dressed me out, and then when the kid was like vomiting up, uh, mm-hmm. like in the in the back seat. And then when he finally made it to the ER, or he found like an ER just like on the other side of the road. And then he just dashed it. I was like,
1: thank goodness he made it. Yeah. It was intense. It was. My question is, he had the the siren. Well, not the siren, but he had the lights going off. I don't Mm -hmm. know why people like moved aside.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what the heck? Hollywood. Hollywood. They got to stretch a tooth somehow. Stretch the, stretch the tooth truth that was a good scene i think what you said when they were in the car when he's like oh you wasted time following me that was a great scene mm-hmm. hammer scene was amazing i think um <laughs> i think when um on loki's part there were two scenes that were like kind of like funny to me because i see a little bit of myself and how i would react if i was loki because when he went out to the basement. He's like looking around the dark, and he sees some statues. Like, oh fuck, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, fuck, that's how I react. And then when he opens the snake too, uh, Ah, Jesus, because he's like, (laughs) ah, fucking, that's how I would have reacted. That actually scared me.
1: He kept opening the boxes, and there was more (laughs) snake, and more snakes.
0: Like, bruh, like you should be expecting it. (laughs) I think I also watched in that symbolism video. Uh, of the maze, how snakes were supposed to be symbolic for, um, if there's a war against God, then the snakes were supposed to be representative of the devil incarnate because of the whole Adam and Eve, right? The mm-hmm. Adam and Eve story about how the snake tempted them to sin, and so something about they didn't. I don't think they explicitly said it, but it was implied that if the kids didn't finish the maze, they would, or if they did, either way, they would get. The venom from the snake and they mm-hmm. would just die or something like that meaning that the sins would be injected into them no matter what chilling any other scenes that you can think about that you thought were were pretty good
1: um no i think we touched on most scenes mm-hmm. i didn't want to say how um the other father and his like facial expressions when mm. he was there and Keller was just doing, you know, cutter stuff, you know, like during the bathroom scene, like you just see his face horrified as he held Alex uh, by, the, by the shoulders. Mm. He's just as equally terrified as the other way. That was really interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. Also, what's it? The other scene, that scene, but also when Keller hears... Oh man, when he takes when Alex takes his dog out for a walk, oh he's fucking Oh trash. When he just starts hanging the dog all of a sudden, yeah. I, I don't know what to
1: make of that scene. I don't know where that came
0: from. I think that's supposed to represent or like that he did do it, I guess, or that he is, um, I guess I don't know what the word is, implicit or like hiding something I guess hiding something is the best way to say it and then when he sings the jingle bell song Dover's hella mad he pulls out his gun Alex I'm gonna have to stop you right there and then immediately cut to the next day I was like whoa that was a good transition like weirdly abrupt but it actually works in its favor because you don't know what happens to Alex until you find out what happens to Alex I appreciate that I think
1: and then at the, the very
0: at the very end too, when he's whistling.
1: Oh yeah, the, the, red the whistle. whistle, which stands for "if you're ever in trouble, blow the whistle." the mm-hmm. maybe of the movie.
0: And then the movie ends. It's like ah, yes. We never know. Ah, oh yeah, you never do. I I assume that they did find him.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure they did. But that was really interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess it's vague what happens to him. Vague. It's uh left up in the air. It made me want to watch more. Uh, made me want to watch more Jake Gyllenhaal movies. I was gonna say I wanted to watch Nightcrawler next, but I really want, I really want you to watch Perfect Blue.
1: <laughs> Dude, speaking of Nightcrawler, I just saw yesterday.
0: Oh yeah, let's talk yeah. about
1: that. How is it? Dude, it was so hard to watch. It was just yeah? like, like morally, if I felt morally conflicted about watching certain scenes, mm-hmm. just like the way that he handled certain aspects of it, just being yeah. crazy, psychotic, all up in his work.
0: Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay, let's talk about this now. Okay. Spoiler warning for Nightcrawler now. This is just <laughs> turned into a Jake Gyllenhaal episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to spoil Nightcrawler. So yeah you should leave if you haven't seen it but i will talk to you about nightcrawler right now cuz <laughs> i just watched i just watched like a video on it um i think that movie is really good for what it does the the director the dan gilroy he said that when he created the character he seems to think that the movie itself cuz he creates this um sympathetic character that you you don't agree with his methods but you're sort of rooting for it because you go through what he's Like, everyone's trying to look for a job. Everyone's always, like, needy, and everyone feels lost, too. Like, they don't know what to do with their lives. And now you see this guy who's found, like, a good job that he's good at, and it pays well, and you just kind of sympathize with him, and he's polite, and he's nice. But when that really turns kind of weirdly psychotic is when he uses that same inflection to also threaten people, like... um. Mm-hmm. Nina like uh Nina or uh that other uh Rick. the other reporter guy was his name Rick? Oh uh, wait, the helper or the um the uh, other guy? it was his rival the one of the in the the guy with the two vans or whatever. Mayhem
1: like, Hunters?
0: Something like that. Some he son, he gets yeah. to an accident eventually. Yeah. That guy where he's kind of like a dick to him and then I think there's a specific scene where uh he gets the exclusive scoop and he doesn't. And that that just that feeling of Ah, someone beat me to it, like mm-hmm. fuck. A lot of emotional kind of uh sympathy towards his character, even though he does shit that we would never do, like moving bodies around to stage a scene in the way that he wants to, or going into literally like ah, oh, Man yeah. I, Like what you said. Some of the scenes are really hard to watch, or it's like, oh, should you be doing that? It's like it's like watching your friend go into like a like a private property and just kind of like trashing <laughs> the entire place up. Sort of, it's like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if you should do that. That's a great
1: movie. Which yeah, I uh, I was gonna say yeah. I did not know anything about the movie going in. Like I just knew it was about Jacob Killing Holland, and that was it. That was all I knew. And then, like, I was like, "What am I even watching?" Like, ten minutes in, mm-hmm. and then he started like, "Oh, I'm a nightcrawler and stuff. Uh, I go around and I'm looking at this, looking at that." I was like, oh, "Okay, this is what's gonna be." And then it just gets like way freaking out of hand, dude. I'm like, "Oh my god!"
0: It does. It escalates like exponentially. I would say. It starts off pretty kind of tame, and then it gets it ramps up. One of my favorite scenes in that was when he's um. I think when he's frustrated about not getting like the scoop and he's back at his home and then he's, he breaks the mirror in his house. I was like, fuck.
1: Um, great
0: acting. I heard that that
1: was improv, that the glass, the glass shattering was, um, was not supposed to happen. Like he was supposed to shake himself, but it wasn't supposed to like swing out, come back and then break because Mm -hmm. it's very subtle, but I saw it when, um, When it breaks, and you see the glass, and it falls right on his eyes, and you see, like, he's really shocked. Like, he's like, oh, shit, it fucking broke, and he walks away. Because Uh even Jake Gyllenhaal himself, he was like, oh, shit, I don't think this was supposed to happen. But it was just, like, icing on the the cake.
0: Right. I could be wrong, but I could have sworn over that a while ago. I was under the impression that it was supposed to break when he was shaking it. Not after he like slammed it, like he, uh, like he was going for a hail mary, a hail mary to shatter it, and then he did, like at the very end. But yeah, again, it could be either other way. I just thought that scene was pretty great, um, and it also leads to like a, like a weird, kind of thing where the director said, I don't think, I don't think I forget what his name is, Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie. I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal character is a bad guy. I think the society that surrounds him kind of creates a person like this, like where we have news outlets that just kind of makes a circus out of things and it's for entertainment and not for educational purposes. And if we reward somebody like that to thrive in an environment, who are we to say that that person is wrong and not ourselves as a society that craves that kind of entertainment slash attention for that matter? just thought damn <laughs> damn kind of a weirdly deep moral for such a a weirdly dark film
1: it was a really dark film it was, uh, it was... i was watching it with jamie and she was like oh we're gonna watch an x-men movie because nightcrawler is an x-men character <laughs> <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> like oh, oh it's a blue guy with the tail that can teleport nope 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 we wish.
0: We wish it was. It's like,
1: yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jesus Great. Christ.
0: Great man. I uh, I still haven't seen source code. I want to see that eventually. I Should want... we do? Oh, what's it? Donnie Darko. Go.
1: You said was... Darko. You, you
0: like Donnie Darko? I've watched Donnie Darko. I won't um, I won't go into deep detail about it because I feel like it's just too much Jake Gyllenhaal in one episode, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, it's uh, it's interesting. I I still think he's great because you see a young Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie, but um, don't expect to understand it on your first watch. Mm-hmm. Is what I'll say. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy the movie. Just enjoy it for sure. Just 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 enjoy the movie. Yeah, that's that's the best thing I can say. Um, should we give our recommendations? Um, to uh prisoners and why not let's just do nightcrawler too since we both watched it um for me i would say prisoners is a good time for if you have the time for a movie like prisoners i think it's well worth the watch and i don't think it's really that long when you're watching it like when you when you're invested in it i think the time will fly by in my Mm -hmm. head i i uh what's it since i finished hunter hunter I was like, oh man, this is like equivalent to like five anime episodes. This is really easy. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, um, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, if you're a big fan of thriller movies or just movies in general, I think this is a really solid movie. Like a regular just movie. A lot of good symbolism. A lot of good acting. Uh, great, great cinematography. I think I texted you. I was like, every yeah. some of the shots. I was like. I wanted to pause, cause they were just great shots, uh, like the one when they're walking out of the house in the very beginning, and you <clears> see the, uh, the, uh, the the Jesus cross. necklace, the cross on the, on the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, the Jesus fucking t Um uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my recommendation. Um, I I agree.
1: It's just it it's really good movie. I think these are one like psychological thrillers are best seen when it's you know, dark and raining and cloudy outside, it, you'll you'll probably benefit a lot more from watching it, like, during October-ish season. But either way, it's still, like, a really good movie. And if you want to see Hugh Jackman in something other than action movies, this, this is
0: a really good showcase. Either that or uh, Les Rob, <laughs> Or The Great <laughs> show <laughs> Or The Great Shogun. <laughs> If you don't want to see him in an action-y or musically <laughs> role, <laughs> this is a great um It's a good drama he does, piece. He really does put on a great performance. It's like damn. And then what's it? Let's let's do Nightcrawler. Why not? What's your recommendation for Nightcrawler? Ooh, Nightcrawler? I think
1: uh, I don't know how to say it. If you don't know anything about it, it's gonna be like a lot more it's gonna be it's gonna hit you a lot harder because I didn't know what I was getting into. And then when I realized like him slowly like become a freaking psychotic
0: sociopath, it, it just hit different, you know? Yeah. I had a feeling, so my recommendation, well, I'll just say, I I didn't have a lot going into it either. I feel like I knew he was going to be this weird kind of unhinged kind of guy. I didn't know how he was going to get there. And I think when I watched it, I was like, oh fuck okay he's he's that unhinged whoa um i would recommend it to anyone that can handle a lot of anxiety (laughs) (laughs) in in one sitting i think that's a really like a really uh, if you're one of the people that that kind of are like you see your friends do stupid shit or just like risky dangerous shit and you're like yeah I think you I think you would like that <laughs> crawler <laughs> um but also yeah going without not knowing a lot uh I don't even think we really even spoiled the ending I don't remember what happens in the end in the of it's the good. movie but um it's a good time uh next movie will be perfect blue it's an anime movie Ooh. and uh, it's I I'm just gonna say... I liked it instantly. By the end of the movie, I was like, this is this has gotta be one of my top top movies now. And I watched this last year, I think. So we'll do that. And on that note, I guess I guess we're done. Movie Get club is movie club is adjourned. We'll see you next month. Bye y'all. Bye.